today is week three of our series, Heroes. And we're going to be talking about two heroes in particular. We're going to be talking about Superman, and then we're going to be talking about Thor. Now, Thor is totally my, my favorite guy. So I had, to, I had to kind of rep him with the whole Mjolnir thing and, and bring that bad boy in. Um, someone else had to carry it because I'm not worthy, so that was awkward. <laughs> Hashtag wife was walking around with it. Hashtag I was guy. So, um, yeah, couldn't touch this. Do, 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 do. So that's kind of what we're going to be chatting about today. But I want to start by talking about kind of Superman. So Superman is an interesting one for me because, you see, I don't think Superman was kind of made on another planet. I don't think Superman's Superman because of his alien powers. I don't think he's Superman because of being powered by the sun. That's pretty cool, being solar and that, renewable energy. Great, nice one, Supes. I love all that stuff, and I dig that. I don't think he's Superman because of his, his, his laser eyesight thingy. I don't think it's because he can fly. I don't think it's because he's like hard body, literally, man of steel. I don't think it's any of those things that make Superman Superman. What I think makes Superman Superman is, is, is that farm life and that farm upbringing. Sure, everything I listed before, that's a factor. That is totally a factor. But it's on the farm that made him. You see, at the farm, Superman gained his character. At the Daily Planet, Superman manages his reputation. Now, when it comes to today's society, it's all about getting your rep up. Like, if you're into business, it's all about your reputation. People spend all this time trying to build a reputation. They try to find out about who their customer base is and connect with them and build their rep up. And then if you're, if you're from, the, from the block, if you're from the street, if you're from the end, if you're a man out here on road, then it's all about getting your rep up there as well. It's all about rep. But you see, they've got it totally, totally twisted because actually it's not about rep, it's about character because character is who you are and rep is who people think you are. So everyone wants to give the image that they've got it but their character doesn't match it because they aren't what their rep is saying. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, if you look on my Facebook, my Facebook might not match up to who I am. I'm just going to let you guys know that. Like, I'm not on Insta, so I can't disappoint you there. But if I was, I would disappoint you in whole new levels. You'd be like, this cuisine isn't even worthy of an Insta snap. What is this foolishness? Um, but you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's everyone wants to get their rep up, but they don't want to get the character. And the character is built in the farm. And the reason I say Superman was, was born in the farm is, you see, he may have been born on Krypton, but on the farm he experienced a rebirth. And we know that because like in the storylines, in the comics, in the films, what happens when his, his uh, distant relatives turn up is they're always like, well, we're su- superior to everyone. Everyone should serve us. And they put that about. So Superman without the farm is a superpowered villain. But it's in the farm through the daily life of making the right and good choices and being raised the way he was raised, he had character. And in today's world, if there's nothing you get out of what I say today and you don't dig the whole God thing, cool, whatevs, totally grab a hold of that, that it's actually who you are that really matters. Rep is just an illusion. So Superman without the rep would be like a superpowered villain. Which brings me to like Israel's greatest ever king, David. What I love about David and why David is a better king than anyone else. So there's all these other kings they had. There's all these other scenarios that take place. But ultimately speaking, Dave is the greatest ki- Dave. <laughs> I don't know. Man like Dave. Hey Dave. I don't believe- hey Dave. Hey Dave. How you doing Dave? Uh, you know what I mean? Oh, that's, that's, I don't believe I did that. That wasn't even intentional trying to be like, oh, let me be hip. Let me say Dave. 
That was so dumb. So David, like, he was the greatest king because David was born in the fields. He was born on the farm. He was born as a shepherd. So David was made risking his life for sheep. He was fighting bears and lions for sheep. So when he became king, he'd risk it all for the people. And that's why he was the greatest king. All these other kings, they were born in palaces. They were born making it rain, and it makes a difference to the character you have. You got the rep of a really good king, but you don't have the character of a good king because David was made out in the farm, like Superman was made out in the farm. And Jesus, the greatest king of all. His story is, is, it goes even deeper and way past David because when Paul writes about him, he talks about him being in the form of God and then laying that aside and becoming flesh and blood like one of us. And then not only that, he's born in a manger and God has to send all these people kind of to him. He gets given a ton of gold and the king, Herod, he wants, he wants this, this baby dead, y'all. He, he wants to kill these kids because he doesn't want this new king that he's heard coming. So, hashtag awkward, Jesus and his family, they, they flee to Egypt. And in Egypt, all the gold they've been given gets spent. And we know all the gold's been spent because where we see him next in the story after Egypt is he's in Nazareth. They didn't have any money to live in the nice neighborhoods. All the money was gone from Egypt and traveling back. So they're in Nazareth. And this affected Jesus, you see, because when Jesus started doing all these good things, people could see the good things, but even because of his good character, they were like, geez, can any good thing come from Nazareth? Man, have you seen what Nazareth is like? That place is ghetto. Where the, where the spears be pumping. You know what I mean? It's, it's crazy in Nazareth. It's a, it's, a, it's a grim place. And so Jesus comes from this kind of a place, but he has the character. He has the character that was not only forged in heaven, but laying it all down in his life. And what's cool about Jesus is he's as a kid at age 12, preaching in the temple, which is kind of like X Factor. Um, and he's kind of like gets to around age 13, about a year later, that's judges' houses. That's where you get picked by the different rabbis and you get picked by the best lawyers, hotshots in town. And Jesus, for some reason, never gets picked up as a hot rabbi. So he's preaching at like 12 in the temple, big hotshot, and no one takes him on. And it says that when he was preaching at 12, they were like, geez, who is this kid? These things that he's saying, it's incredible. But he doesn't get taken to judges' houses. It doesn't make any sense. He ends up being a carpenter like his kind of dad, not really his dad, but kind of, Joseph, ends up taking his footsteps. And that's what you did when you failed your exams. You failed your exams. You didn't get to go to judges' houses as a rabbi. You even found out you didn't know that much about the Torah. Don't know. Waste man. Drop out, and then you learn your father's trade. And so somewhere along the line, this kid who was a hotshot, I reckon he just went, nah, I veto you, dude. I totally don't want to come. What are you kidding? Everyone would kill for that rabbi. And Jesus is like, nah. I'm going to go do my father's thing. And then he just does his own thing. You see, it's kind of like Jesus coming from Nazareth and going on to do what he does and change the entire world. It's just so good. It's like bun made in Chelsea. Like any good thing, it's really made in the palaces and in, in the comfort and in the money. Like when it all comes crashing down, nothing really is made. It's in the fire things are made, in the tough times, in the hardness. And that is where Jesus is from. Hashtag made in Nazareth and made new in Christ. But... It, it isn't just about that. So Romans 5, Paul talks about it this way. In He says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we've also obtained access by faith into his grace in which we stand. We rejoice in the hope of the glory of God, not only, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character, and character produces hope. 
and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. So at the end of the day, it all comes down to character. Which brings us to Thor. Because with Thor, I love the Age of Ultron. And Thor is actually my favourite superhero. Period. And so I love the whole thing with his dad in the first one where he's like, you're not worthy to be king, all that. And the hammer goes and he's like, ah, it's all separated and it's all messed up. And then he ends up becoming worthy of, of Mjolnir. As I, think, I think that's how he's right. Um, and he becomes worthy. But in the beginning of Age of Ultron, there's this really cool scene where everyone's kind of sitting around the table, everyone's having bants. And they're like, um, so what's the trick? What's the deal that only you could pick it up? And he's like, it's because you're not worthy. And they all kind of crack up and everyone takes attempts to try to lift it and they can't and in the end what is it he goes you guys aren't worthy and he just picks it straight up so so easily and um, Q Ultron who then comes with this challenge of are we really worthy is mankind really worthy of existing Um, and all that kind of stuff but we have been called in Genesis the text tells us that God spoke the universe into existence and I believe God is still speaking today I still believe he's speaking to me. I believe he's speaking to you. And I believe he's calling you and calling me forward to be more than we are. And we've got to live a life worthy of that. I think what I find interesting about that, though, is when it comes to this and it comes to God, when people have this idea of God, they have this idea that I need to get it all together. When it comes to coming to church, like people always have this presentation that I need to be this type of person, I need to be that type of person, I need to have this like that or this like that or, or whatever. And it doesn't really work because, you see, when it comes to, like, God and his standard of being worthy and being right with him, it's almost, it's a bit embarrassing. It's almost like Thor. You end up with Cap, Captain America, who's absolutely superhuman and dench, trying to grab a hammer, and everyone else just going, hey, Cap, do you even lift, bro? Do you even lift? And when it comes to, like, me and you, and it comes to God's standard, it is literally, hey, do you even lift? Do you even lift? Like, there's no... It doesn't matter if you're a little bit holier than me, which I guarantee you every single person here present today will be a little bit holier than me. I can promise you that off the bat. But when it comes to God's standard, it's the same thing with thought. It's just a total moment of like, do you even lift? Because if I talk about my holiness, like, or your holiness being a little bit holier than me, you still can't come like straight to God because when you step to him, it's kind of a bit meaningless that you're a little bit of a better person than me. You know what I mean? I saw this poll recently about the, the election. And on Premier Radio, they had which of the candidates is most like Jesus. And it came out as Theresa May. Um, I'm just going to be honest about that. So they put that up there, Theresa May is more like Jesus. And these people are up in arms. And I just comment on there. Okay, so for one second, if she is more like Jesus, the one millimetre that she's more like Jesus than the rest of them when it comes to God's holiness, does it really matter? Like, like for realsies. For realsies. Like, she's more like Jesus. In what way? Her hair is longer than the other guys? I don't know. But like... When it comes to the ultimate barometer, the ultimate measurement, it doesn't really work. And we're left with, do you even lift? But ultimately, what it comes down to is it comes down to Christians believe God's grace. God's grace that he unleashes on our lives. So the fact that the Christian can come near to God isn't by their own actions, but it's from the grounds of what God has already done for us. So the idea with like Thor is like, he picks it up because he's worthy, Whereas it comes to you and I and our relationship with God, it's like we can't come closely to the throne of God except for what Jesus does on the cross. And then the Bible says when it comes to what Jesus does on the cross, it says boldly we approach the throne of grace. Boldly by what he's done. God ability in us. So when we look at grace, people always talk about receiving something good you don't deserve. But grace is more than that. Grace is God ability. 
Grace is God's ability. It's God working in you from the inside, transforming you outside, not only for your benefit, but for your community's benefit, for your family's benefit, and for the whole world's benefit. So when we talk about grace, we don't just talk about God doing a one-off good thing in you. When we talk about the grace of God, we're talking about God's ability within us. It's like Thor's hammer. You just become worthy. You become worthy. And, and God ends up living in you. That's something so alien that no one can really own. You can't just own that. That's something that God freely gives to us. And what I love about Thor and the whole scenario is like Hulk is stronger than Thor. Yet Thor can lift Mjolnir and Hulk can't. I'll say that again. Hulk is stronger than Thor. But Thor can lift this and Hulk can't. And you want to know something? Like, man, you put me up next to Mahatma Gandhi. I'll tell you who's more dense. It's him. This guy, if you talk about his morality and the kind of person he is, I'm a douche. Like, I am a steaming hot turd compared to that guy. Steaming and hot. Fresh. Dropped. That's what I am. I'm just, I'm like... But the reason of what God is doing in me and the reason that I can, I can pick this and Gandhi couldn't is receiving a free gift that Christ energizes me and allows me access to that which I would never have access to. So it's no longer a question of me looking at what God wants to do in my life and being like, oh geez, do you even lift, bro? It's by God's grace that I have access to him. What I love is as well that Thor is constantly saved by this thing. He's constantly saved by it. And if you have geeked out, like I have geeked out over the trailer a few too many times. The new one, Ragnarok. I'm not going to lie, man. That film looks absolutely dope. Like the, the, the one-liners, the jokes in it, the whole like, he's a friend, a friend from work about Hulk, man. I, had, I was gassed. But there's this one scene, there's this one scene where... Um, you see Helga, this kind of, I didn't even know who Helga was, I'm not going to lie. I had to like Google some stuff. I was like, who is this crazy woman with this weird hat thing on? He throws the hammer and she grabs it. And when she grabs it, she squeezes it and she crushes it and it just shatters into pieces and it's just gone. It's just completely destroyed. And when I was thinking about that this week, I got, I got totally gassed. When it comes to like the whole Christian thing, and this whole grace that God gives us to hold this, I see some Christians that I chat to and, and they talk about certain things and things are really hard and things are really messed up and things are really like crazy in their life. And like, if it's a gift that God gives us we don't deserve, how do you become undeserving of that which you don't deserve? It's like a proper, oh, mate, like brain constipation. It's just like, this is killing me. How do you become like that? And there's this letter that Paul writes to these people living in a place called Galatia, which if I could just switch on to like the whole Ultron movie thing, there's this moment where the Scarlet Witch is getting in everyone's heads and putting lies in their heads and deceiving people, and it happens to every one of the adventures, and it kind of breaks them away from their team strength and from working together as a unit, so they're easy to pick off. And then Paul writes in this letter to the church in Galatia, he says, has the Scarlet Witch bewitched you? You saw Christ portrayed as crucified you saw and you understood you you encountered the gospel for yourself and yet you exchanged this gift that he did in you a gift and you've tried to perfect it by your own actions like you can add something to it like like that you can do this in your own strength he's like man scarlet witch is messing with your head this is a free gift that god gives us it's a free gift that god gives us 
But that doesn't mean there aren't days where it looks like we are living in hell right here, right now. I don't even need to go there. There have been times in my life where I'm like, I don't know if I'm gonna make it through this. I don't know if this is gonna go away. I don't know if, if, if this is just gonna work out. I'm, 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 I feel like I'm dying here. I feel like I'm alive and stuck in this situation perpetually, which kind of sounds like hell to me. And that's exactly what that moment is. When Thor has thrown it, he's given it his best shot. It's always been good enough and she just crushes it and it just, it's completely destroyed. And then I started to think about some stuff and I started to think about the word of God and how it's like a double-edged sword and it's a bit like Mjolnir. And then I started to think about, well, John, when he wrote his gospel, he says that the word became flesh and blood and the word was God. And I was thinking, wow, so the word is God and it's Jesus and Jesus is the word. And then I started to think about like Mjolnir and I started to think about hell and I started to think about Jesus and when he was here, how he was brutally murdered and how he, he went to hell. And I love the verse, he, he, led, he took captivity captive. So captivity tried to hold him captive, he took it captive. He rose from the dead. And I started to look at that and something hit me that I've never seen before in, in the scriptures, which I kind of want to finish on looking at today. You see, one of the things that the, the enemies always want to do with the heroes, they want to separate them from their power. What they always want to do is they want to separate them away from what their strength is. And you see, the gospel is that God has given us a free gift as ours. And the one thing the enemy wants to do is kind of separate us from that. And so in that new film, I don't know what's going to happen. No spoiler alert here. I don't have any inside knowledge. Um, But one spoiler alert I can bring to you here right now is that sometimes it feels like T.I. and Justin Timberlake are right. It feels like Jesus really is dead and gone in your own life here and now. And it feels like I don't know how I'm going to see through this moment. But then I started thinking about Mjolnir being smashed and destroyed. And then I started thinking about Jesus and how he died and then how that would have seemed for everyone. But then I remembered that John said he was the word became flesh and blood. And then I remember what God said about his word. He says, my word does not return to me void. And then when I started thinking about his word doesn't return to him void. And then I started to think about Jesus and I started to think about his death. Well, yeah, no, 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 no. My word does not go down like that. My word doesn't end in that way. My word doesn't return to me void. And then I started thinking about Jesus resurrected. Then I started to think about Jesus ascended. And then I started to think, hashtag Game of Thrones, Jesus sitting at the right-hand side of the Father and his word does not return to him void because he's come back. It is finished. Mic drop like a boast. And he's bust case. And not for him, for all man, throughout all space and throughout all time because he who knew no sin became sin itself. His word doesn't return to him voice. It is finished. Jesus dies. He rises from the dead. And he is there ever living as intercession on our behalf. And so when I think about that today and when I think about us, I think about a couple of things and I'm going to pray for a couple of things. Because we're all coming from different places and different points in our lives. And some of us maybe identify with the whole Superman thing that actually, you know what, I've been living my whole life trying to get my rep up and it's not enough. That actually I need to be like Superman and build my character in the farm that I can survive it because his character was built on the farm in the Daily Planet he manages the rep on the newspaper but we always want to manage our rep and get it all up on social media looking all great but there's no character here we're hollow and maybe that's for someone here maybe that's actually for more than anyone else it's probably for me there's times when I'm man's bare hollow so that's the first thing and the second thing is that maybe just maybe for some of us it feels like Jesus like T.I. and Justin said dead and gone and I believe his word doesn't return to him void. And I believe maybe there's been a point in your life where you've had kind of some faith in this Jesus for who he is, but it just felt like it all fell apart. Um, I just want to suggest a, a new thought today that actually um, his, his word doesn't return to him void.
and I believe he still wants to do something in you. I believe he still wants to even do something in me because like I said, I'm the biggest waste person here. Uh, I'm just going to pray for us. Father God, I thank you for heroes. I thank you for the example they give us. I thank you for fictional heroes because their stories are so exciting and they're still inspirational. But Father God, I thank you that actually I believe you call every single person here to be a hero, to be a hero in their family, to be a hero in their community, to be a hero in their environment, to be a hero in their friendships, their relationships, and their spheres of influence. I believe, Father God, that you're calling us to be people who build character rather than just building reputation. I pray that we won't be people who are focused on getting our rep up, but get our character where it should be. Because that's how you get great kings, real kings, not fake ones born in palaces. Father, I pray for, for, for those of us here today, Lord God, who maybe are a bit like the, the whole Thor storyline. That maybe we have an issue of worthiness. Maybe we think we're worthy and we're not. Maybe we're not in that place yet. Or maybe we feel like we're unworthy and we, we never feel like we, we just feel like constantly with our life, like, do I even lift, bro? This is crazy. I'm never getting anywhere. I pray that we would encounter Jesus' grace, that grace, that ability to empower us to lift that which we can never lift. And also, Father, I pray that we would allow ourselves to be saved by you in the same way that Thor allows himself to be saved by Mjolnir. Often, somewhere along the line, any good villain wants to separate the hero from their power source. And maybe for some of us, it's been like we've just been separated from God for a long time because some mad stuff happened. But I pray, Lord, your word does not return to you void. And I pray that we would encounter resurrection once again in our own lives through Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.